welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. I want to jump straight in because um, I, I do apologise if this is your first experience in church. It's probably not the best because I'm involved, but that's okay. Come back another time and it'll be better. Uh, but if it's your first time in church tonight, uh, you have come on a night where we're just a little bit passionate about a few things and going to do some things that could be considered a little bit different. But I, I want to ask you to do this. Just check what God is saying to you through it all. Forget kind of the outside look and, and just feel what God is saying on the inside of you. When it comes to the moment that we had on the altar there for healing, you must understand this to receive what God is pouring out. You've got to know how to. And it's not received with the head. It's not mentally agreed to. In fact, the head often gets in the way. You know, like <clears throat> if, um, if we had a public Wi-Fi in here for you all to connect to, which we don't, uh, <laughs> for good reason. Uh, I think we used to, but we don't. Just so you know, we don't. And we're not giving out the current one that's there. So it's not available. Right, but here's the point. Here's the point. You've got to know how to access that Wi-Fi to log on to it. It's very much the same with the anointing. You've got to know how to access it to tap into the power that it makes available to you. And you've got to know that often it's the mind that stops you connecting because it's not something that's connected to through the intellect, it's connected through the heart. And so just to reiterate again, when, when, when Carolyn gave that call for me, I, I had to very quickly push me on, that's my wife, that's my missus, she knows the background, you know what I'm saying? I had to go to the zone, she's a prophet of God moving in the power of God right now, I'm going to connect with what, she, and if she says it's flowing, whether I feel it or not, doesn't really come into it, my heart's going to it, my heart's going to be open, I'm going to be ready. And therefore I found by the time I got there, I was like, the first thought was, I hope there's a catcher behind me. Then I thought, if I think they're too long, I'm going to forget about what I'm connecting with and be thinking about if my head's going to hit the concrete. Let's forget that. I just went straight to my knees as it was still being poured out. You've got to know that when the power of God is being released through a servant of God, it's up to you to connect. I am always stunned in uh, evangelistic tools that we've done in different places of the world how the power of God can just show up in some of those zones so strong. I've seen it where there's been hundreds on the altar. I've been there with, with guys like Josh and others in the middle of mud in the, in the back, back end of Cambodia. Were you there with that muddy one where we had to... We, like, it'd just been raining. We'd finished the preach and it started to rain and we started to pray for people and there's mud on the floor and there's literally like catches that weren't catches holding people up. <laughs> out of the mud as they were falling over out of the power of God and getting healed immediately, just like crazy stuff. And while that can be going on there with this receiver, Sister Fridge is right alongside. (laughs) Closed, cold, suspicious. Getting nothing. You're not Sister Fridge, but I knew you could handle it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, bang, 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 brother brick. Uh, Hard as. This guy's just got his eyes popped open from blindness. Brother brick, uh, 
Give me your best shot. I kind of want to give you my best shot, but it's not really godly right now. But I used him because he can handle it. So I just, I say all that because what can happen on a night like tonight where I feel God wants to deal with supernaturally debt destruction. The moment I say that, the, the, um, the experience, the mature, the uh, conscientious amongst us, the hardworking and the, um, you know, conscientious think, well, that's not very fair. Let me tell you, God's not thinking fair. God's thinking breakthrough, abundance. So I just want to go to a few scriptures, if that's okay. Uh, that was just to kind of like, mm, if you want to get the most out of this, this will be helpful if you understand this. There's a difference between gift and anointing. Um, you, you need to understand that every single person in the room has gifts that's been, that have been given to them by God. But just because you're gifted doesn't mean you're anointed. Actually, I think once you come into Christ and get born again, the goal is to get an anointing on your gift. Are you with me? Because a gift gives an expression. Um, a gift does a certain amount. A gift gives you an ability, but the anointing makes you effective. You know, the Scripture, oh, Jesus, help me stay on track. The Scripture talks about the fact in Ecclesiastes that it actually, in Scripture, an axe is uh, synonymous with the gift. An axe speaks of the anointing, but an axe in, as, as the physical thing. I was chopping wood for my dad this afternoon. First time I used an axe for a long time, I think, please don't chop your toes off. Please don't chop your fingers off. Not a good look. Preach with a... Anyway, uh, but I was just thinking the axe was so sharp. And the Scripture in Ecclesiastes says, uh, if you use a dull axe... It'll take a lot of effort. It goes on to say, the wise one will sharpen the axe. That's the benefit of wisdom. But actually the axe is the gift and the sharpening is the anointing. That's why we talk about a cutting edge ministry or a cutting edge anointing. God wants to anoint your gift in particular tonight, I want to hone in on this thing in the marketplace. Most of us have a gift that's expressed in the marketplace and it's in the marketplace that you need anointing. If you're in business, God wants you anointed for business. If you're in a career, He wants you anointed in that career so that it's not just by effort and sweat that you achieve things, but it's through the anointing. It's as a priestly flow in the marketplace. Oh, okay, so... I'm just going to do a scrambled message. Is that okay? Because I think for, it'll help for you catch what needs to be caught instead of just being taught. So priests, when they served in the Old Testament, to go into the Holy of Holies, they were only allowed to wear certain garments. Priests had two sets of garments. They had their official robes that were heavy and 
majestic and all stuff hanging off them. They had like around the hem of the priest's garment, the, the high priest that would go in once a year, right around the hem, it was surrounded by a bell and then a fruit, a bell and then a fruit, a bell and then a fruit, a bell. And, a fruit, a bell and, and as, they, as they walked around, you could hear the bells on the bottom of their priestly garments ringing. Bring it over into the New Testament, the bells represent the gifts and the fruit represent the fruit of the Spirit. And it's telling us a message that if you're going to move in the gifts, you must have them partnered with the fruit of love in all that you do. But here's the interesting thing, the high priest could not come into the Holy of Holies in those garments. He had to take them off and come in with his linen ephods. Why? Because you weren't allowed to sweat in the Holy of Holies. No sweat in the presence of God. There's a great message in that. When, the anoint, when you're in the presence of God, when you're moving in the anointing, there's no sweat. It's not out of a labour, it's a flow from God. God does not want you working hard. He wants you working effectively. He wants there to be a flow. Are you with me? Got to get to my notes sooner or later, otherwise you'll think I haven't studied. Uh, can't even be funny when I'm trying to be. Uh, I'd, come with me to 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 1. I'm going to miss all that out. We'll go back to that later if we get time. You can talk amongst yourself because I'm talking to myself. Second uh, Kings chapter 4 and verse 1, and this is the story of a widow. One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me. What do you have in your house? Nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbours. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. When you capture the main thoughts here from God, it's stunning because you realise that this widow went in 24 hours, 36 at the most, I don't know, if you're a negative Nancy, make it a month. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Like, in a very short period of time, she went from the creditors knocking on her door, threatening to put her sons into slavery. Her debt was going to pass down to the next generation and they were going to pay a price for it. She went from there to being debt-free and having enough for her and her sons to live on overnight. Overnight, colloquially. Because I can't prove that it happened in 24 hours, but I can, through just basic common sense, see that it happened in a very short space of time. Here's the thought that comes from me. There is a strategy that God has for you for overnight success. There is an anointing available to shift you around. I can go to other stories where the famine had hit and they were sitting at the gate and they're about to die and they say, will we sit here and die or we have one more last crack at it? Basically in the Aussie translation, that's what it said. Can we have another crack at it? And they get up and do that and overnight it goes from from famine to feast. There is a strategy in the mind of God to turn around any financial situation. You say, oh yeah, but Pastor, it wouldn't be right for God to do that if they didn't learn a lesson. Rubbish. Then it would be unjust for God to allow overnight success out there in the world and you not to experience it yourself. I'm not saying we should hang our hat of financial prosperity on some kind of spiritual lotto. That is not what I'm saying. I am saying that it is possible for you to tap into the anointing of God. It is possible for you to bring your faith to God and say, enough is enough. I'm drawing a line. I'm going to get over on the other side. I was standing on this altar 10 years ago when someone came who we were having a anointing night like this for debt cancellation. I didn't know what they were coming to God for, but they were coming to God for breakthrough, leave the FIFO job, buy a house for their daughter because they were separated and just make a home and make a brand new start. Stood on the altar, went and prayed for them, had a word, released them, went down under the power of God, which shocked me. Because Not because I haven't seen it happen before, but just because the kind of dude he was and went back down on the paragod within seven days. It was less than that. It was three days. A $900,000 breakthrough. I was like, Jesus, why didn't you just let some of that fall on me while I was ministering? Like, why? And it happened. A few days later, Gabe says, oh, I knew it was God. I just want to come back and thank God gave an offering. Unfortunately, it represented less than 1% of what he had received. But anyway, you get that. Just telling the truth. And I now know the story 10 years down the track on how not so well things have gone. I would say this to you. When God brings you breakthrough, make sure you bring back a God-honouring Hello, God-fearing. Hello, into the house. So that's easy if you say you're the pastor. Yeah, well, it is easy to say, I know how this stuff works. I can go back further to the beginning of someone else's journey when they were wanting to come out of an employed place and own their own business and they come into the house of God and learn how to tithe. They used to teach tithing from the pulpit, they used to teach offering, do all those things. But when, when the real breakthroughs come, he'd come and meet with me and say, you know, Pastor, because this was the breakthrough, he was about to need to hand over a very large tithe, half a million dollars because of the breakthrough. 
he came to meet me with these seriously, because he knew, because he was part of us and team and whatever else. And said, oh, Pastor, I just need to let you know so that you're not expecting anything. Um, I really believe God's told me not to do that, that I'm to reinvest. And if I let that process unfold, within a few years, it'll be more than that. It'll be well over. Well, the story goes, within less than 12 months, he lost everything. It's important to teach the truth. You can get away with that as a sinner, as a heathen, but you can't, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he'll reap. I'm setting it up as best as I possibly can for you, that when you get your breakthrough, that it is simply a tool that God uses to thrust you forward. I'm setting you up so that you can understand that God definitely uses money to qualify us for the most important things, which is the spiritual resources, the anointing of God, the office that God wants to call you to. Are you with me? Capture a few thoughts from this widow lady, what she learned. I think we need to ask ourselves a question. Could I qualify in this zone? Do you qualify for God's overnight breakthrough, overnight success? Got any threats from a creditor? That'll get you to profit. That'll get you to qualify. Has there been a sudden sudden loss of income? That'll get you to qualify. Could your debt affect others in your family? That'll get you to qualify. Here's another thing that can get you to qualify. Have you ever thought about the fact that in your journey with God and in your relationship with Him, that you never really discovered that God was a healing God who could heal your physical body until such a time as you got sick? And then God healed you. Do you know what I'm saying? It's interesting that you don't know God is the God of breakthrough until you need a breakthrough. You don't know that God is a miracle working God until you need a miracle. Now, none of us really wanna get into a jam where we need one, but thank God when you do get in one of those jams, you can meet the God who is the miracle worker, who is the one that can turn that situation around. Are you with me? Like, I don't really wanna experience, I believe it with all of my heart, no doubt at all, I believe God can raise people from the dead. I don't want the theory to be tested on my life right now is what I'm trying to say to you. But here's the deal. You don't know that God is a supernatural supplier of finances in your world until you need it. And I've discovered in principle in the Scriptures, even here, that if you've tried everything in your own strength, power and ability to succeed and failed, you qualify. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? how she got that miracle and it was 12 years that that thing had been around. I just, for the, the other day, for the first time, studying and reading and thinking about that story, I suddenly realised, oh my gosh, she tried every other avenue. The Bible actually says that she'd been to all the doctors, paid all the money she got, and now she was in debt because she's exhausted every other avenue. I started to think about it because when I first came to faith, I was told I couldn't qualify if I'd taken a Panadol or gone to the doctors for a physical healing. I was told that you know, it wasn't faith to believe God and take medicine which is crazy, but I believed it back then. But then I was thinking about that Scripture. She had done everything she could. 
And I know there's people in here tonight, you've done everything in your ability. You've done everything in your strength to prosper, to break through, to get beyond. So this thing does not drag through into your future. I've got good news for you. If you've exhausted every one of your avenues, if you've done the best you possibly can and you're still pursuing after God, you're set up right now for a breakthrough that God can bring to you. Oh, Jesus, help me. I would have just like shouted, jumped on my seat if that was me. But maybe you're all good in this area and there's only one or two of you here tonight that need the breakthrough. That's good. That's really good. God has a strategy. The first thing He's going to say is, what do you have in your house? And that means wealth is within you. It's not the next big thing out there that's going to bring you a breakthrough. It's actually within your reach and with your ability. You are the primary producer of your success. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 says, Study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Do you know what I just revealed to you? Did I, do you know what I just revealed? Your prosperity and your success is locked up in here. And all you've got to do is meditate on this thing day and night. I want to tell you the word that's within you is the thing that's going to cause the success to come out of you. I want to tell you that money does not lead. It follows and it follows creative ideas. It follows services and goods. It follows the thing that comes out of you. Can, can, I, can, can I just say this? You say, I don't have time to meditate day and night on the Word. Don't you know I'm a father and I've got to get up early and I've got to go to work and I've got to do these things and I've got to get home. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I understand that many of us are busy, but guess what? We've all got the same amount of days in a week, hours in a day. You know what? One of the things we've got to take hold of is we've got to get rid of distractions. Do you know they are saying that we spend 2.1 hours a day on average on these things being distracted. They say that the moment you're distracted by a notification, whether it's an email or an Instagram post or whatever it is, if you're doing a task and you go across to that device to look at it, to get back onto that thing that you're on and get fully focused, it will take you 21 minutes. Turn it off. Budget your time on it. You say, but I'm pastor, I see you on there and there's posts and this and that. Yeah, I just budget the time. I go, do it, get off. An addiction to a distraction will cause the death of your production. An addiction to a distraction will cause the death of your production. Your productivity is reduced to nothing when you are distracted. Break the distraction addiction. Number two. First thing is, what do you have in your house? It's the first thing God's gonna, what do you have within you? What do you have within your reach? What do you have within your ability? What, what are you good at? What do you know that you can do something with? Keep moving forward in that thing. I, I like it that, that the, the man of God said, get your sons to help you, but go to your friends and borrow as many vessels as you can find. That tells me we're gonna find people that will help. But don't go into debt. She didn't go into debt. I know it says she borrowed, but she borrowed vessels. She borrowed something that could be returned without cost. 
She borrowed vessels and not money. That means you, you might be able to find a business mentor within this group that can help you kind of sharpen your skills, a career coach. I would encourage you if, that, if you're in business that you should have an accountant. Don't try and do it all yourself. You think you're saving a few bucks, but by paying him the fee and he is qualified to do it, I guarantee you he'll get you a better result at the end of the day. Find someone that's successful that you trust in the arena that you're pursuing and see if they will help you. I guarantee there's people within your reach that wanna help you succeed. She poured the oil from her flask into the vessels, but she got the whole family involved. It does tell me that you're gonna have to give all of your energy to this economic overflow that God has planned for you. If you weren't here for this morning's message, I do encourage you to get it on message. I think I'm gonna listen to it myself because there were God keys and God ideas that came that were very pragmatic, but very faith imparting, if I can say it myself, even though I was the guy speaking, that will help you realise that in 2020, God has planned for you economic overflow. He doesn't have lack planned for you. And all we gotta do is line up with it. You gotta understand that the love of God is unconditional. It's up to you whether you receive it or reject it, but it's unconditional love that God has for you. The promises of God, which is what we're focusing on here. The promises of God are conditional. They require faith and action. And if you learn to operate in these laws, you will transform your financial future. Pour yourself into that business. Pour yourself into that career. Pour yourself into that marketplace endeavour and God will cause a breakthrough. Give it all the energy and tension you got. Get rid of that distraction. Create a business plan. Educate yourself on taxation and business law if needed, if you're going into business. I'm telling you, God is setting you up for a prosperous future. The Bible says of Isaac that he began to prosper. He continued prospering until he became very prosperous. When it comes to prosperity, prosperity flows out of the soul. It's got nothing to do with the economic climate. It's got nothing to do with your geographical location. It's got everything to do with the soul. It is a way of life. And the Bible says he began to prosper. He continued prospering until he became very prosperous. My prayer for you as your leader, as your pastor, as someone that's here to influence you in the things of God is that you you would begin to prosper if you've not started to prosper, that you would continue prospering and that your life would be a life where you become very prosperous. Not just having the financial ducks all lined up right through until retirement and death, but relationships prospering, physical body prospering, health prospering. Hello, somebody. There's way too many people that are prosperous in their bank account and bankrupt mentally, bankrupt relationally. Are you with me? We, we wanna see the whole area of that. We wanna see that holistic prosperity unfold. Beloved, I pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. It does flow out of you. It flows out from within you. You can do it. You can do it. You can reinvent yourself. You can, if a 12 year old living in Brisbane can start an e commerce business at 12 years old from money he earned mowing lawns, $20 a shot. He's 17 today. 
owns three companies, turning over millions of dollars a year, still going to school. If a 12-year-old can start the journey, this 50-year-old can re-educate himself and do the same thing part-time. I can do it with time I'd otherwise spend on Netflix or on Instagram or whatever. If I just budget those few hours a day and do that, hello somebody, I can turn it all around. I can get to the place where I can say to the church, don't need a salary, thanks, you can have it back. And on top of that, I've got this to put into the building fund. I've got this to put in missions and let's do this project next year where we go and win 100,000 people in that nation to Christ and I'm going to fund it. I can do that. All I've got to do is say, oh, shama, I just made some pretty big commitments right there. I like the fact that the man of God here said, when she came with the flask filled with oil, let's go back and read it just so that I quote it correctly. Now sell the oil and pay your debts. Never forget why you went into this thing. Pay your debts. Don't make the mistakes that most people make. Income increases, so does spending. Go and pay your debts and then live. Sell, reduce debt, then live. And that mortgage you have is literally a death engagement. That's what the word means from the Latin. Mort, where we get the word mortuary from. Gage, where we get engagement from. It's actually a death engagement with debt. Mortgage. You've been told that it's good to have a mortgage. I'm not saying you shouldn't have one, but we've got to know this. We've got to make a decision ourselves. That's why I have that debt position that just gets updated every year. Every six months. I don't want that thing till death do us part. Hello, somebody. I don't want that thing. I might be on a salary that's fixed, but I'm going to believe God, trust God for witty ideas, creative ideas, things I can do so that that thing can be gone so I can live out the best years of my life being effective fathers and live in inheritance to my children's children. You know why the Bible says live in inheritance to your children's children? Because you don't want to leave the inheritance to your children. You want to leave it to your grandchildren. Jokes. Maybe not. We'll see. See how nice they are to me when it's time to put me into a home. Be careful with this decision. It's going to make you rich or your kids rich. The difference between a hobby and a business is profit. Be absolute, be resolute about why you work, run a business and seek to make money. If you can avoid the trap of just wanting to make money and discover the power of adding value to your industry, to your community, to your city, you will succeed. Everyone that has gone into business just to make money has sooner or later ended up in failure because the motivator has to be, I am here to add value to this industry, to my community, to this city. I believe right now 
There is an anointing here to capture the God thoughts. I haven't tried to give you everything. I want you to catch the spirit of what God wants to do in your financial world. We cannot live our lives before God ignoring our financial world. I believe God wants us to be faithful and integral in our financial world, but He also wants us to be powerful. Mm. I know it's not openly accepted in the Australian church, but God wants you to reign as a king financially. He wants you to be a powerful marketplace person. He wants you to have muscle financially. Not just so that your family can be blessed. That's a gift. But when you get anointed for the marketplace, that anointing will extend God's kingdom and build the church. If anyone ever says to you that we are called to build the kingdom of God, they've only led you down a path that is not a reality. It is not possible to build the kingdom of God. You can only extend it. The kingdom's already been built. We extend it into other people's lives. It's only possible to build the church, which is the tangible expression of God's kingdom. I'm here for one purpose and one purpose only, to build God's church and extend His kingdom. And I do it through gifts, but I also do it through resources. Are you with me? The spirit of prosperity has been put on the church to develop a culture. I believe there's a, there's a flow of prosperity. There's like a spirit of prosperity released from the throne of God to develop a culture. That's why the Apostle John could pray that way and say, beloved, I pray above all else. Imagine making that statement. You know what, guys, above everything else, you know what I pray for you most? I pray that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. What You know what? If I was being pastored in a local church, I'd want to go to that guy that says, above all else, I'm praying that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Because in that one statement in John 3, 2, he's revealing the heart of the Messiah to saying, you know what? I want you to prosper in your soul. I want you to prosper in your health because then you can be fully alive to do all God has called you to do. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.